Charles Gabriel wrote the song entitled My Savior's Love. He said, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wondered how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. Oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful. And my song shall ever be. Oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Good morning. I greet you with the love of the Lord this morning. And I trust that you are having a great morning thus far. I really want to just give God praise and thanks for allowing us to wake up this morning to this beautiful day that the Lord had made and he made it so that you and I can enjoy this day. We give God praise. We give God thanks for what he has done and what he is doing in and through our lives. Last morning, I close by sharing with you the, the second principle of divine intent. I said to you that there are four principles of divine intent and I shared with you number one that a man must leave his father and mother and number two that a man must cleave unto his wife. Cleave unto his wife and I was explaining to you what it means to cleave unto the wife. I was sharing with you uh, the account of the man Naaman when 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 27 we stop where he says the leprosy of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever and ever and he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. What was happening here? Elisha the man of God had given instruction to Naaman instructing him to go to the river of Jordan and wash seven times and he would be healed. Naaman was not pleased to do that, but Naaman went anyway because Naaman found himself with leprosy. He was a leper. Naaman went down in Jordan River and you could imagine him going down one, up, down two, up three, up four, up five, up six. And then at the seventh time, when Naaman came up, his flesh was as clean as a little child. Naaman went to Elisha and offered him gifts for the good God had done. Elisha knew that it was God who healed and refused to accept the gifts. Now one of Elisha's servants by the name of Gehazi, when Naaman left Elisha, he followed Naaman and catch up with him and told him that Elisha changed his mind and sent him to collect the gift. So Naaman give him more than what he asked for. When Gehazi returned, he hid the gifts from his master, Elisha. But when he went into Elisha, Elisha asked him where he was. And he lied to Elisha and said, nowhere. Elijah then turned and said to him in 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 26, he said, went not mine heart with thee? When the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servant and maid servant? Look at verse 27. Elijah said, The leprosy therefore of Naaman 
shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. What am I trying to prove to you? To cleave means though you are two persons, there is one relationship as one person with one mind going in one direction. The leprosy was not something upon his skin. His skin became white as a leper. So to cleave means to be one. The third principle of divine intent is one flesh. One flesh. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, the scripture said, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. These principles that I'm sharing with you are principles that's coming from God. And remember, God is the one who invented, God is the one who created this family relationship, this marriage business. He gives a manual with how it must work. The third principle of divine intent is oneness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 16, it defines the expression to mean the physical. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. Two saith he shall be one flesh. There's oneness. When you're thinking of getting married, you got to be thinking of becoming one. No more minds anymore. It's no more me. It's us as one. But the fourth principle of divine intent is not to be ashamed. Now, God intended marriage to be an open, transparent relationship between a man and his wife. I often tell the church that there are many people who are in a marriage relationship who, when you see them dressed going down the road, you wonder if they left some of their clothes at home. But if you were to see them dressed at home with their husband, you wonder if there are mechanics where they dress in overalls from the bottom of their feet to the crown of their head. Why? Because for many folks, or for some folks rather, they don't even want their husband to see them. But that's not the intention of marriage. There's a third thing in regards to the creation that I notice here, and that is the creation of management. Yes, he created mankind, he created marriage, and now there's a creation of management. How we supposed to manage our marriage, and God created that. You see, when sin entered in the world, that threw every part of God's creation into chaos and disorder, including marriage. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 2, And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Never before had we find this with Adam and his wife. Here man is already blaming God and accusing his wife. So in order for God to bring about order in the home, God established new rules within the marriage partnership according to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16. Stay with me. We are going somewhere. And morning after morning, boy, the time runs so quick, but I'm trying to take my time so that we can get this. No hurry. We're going to be doing this for a little while. And verse 16, 
He said, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. I, I want to read that again for those who do not know that it is there, that they would see it there and understand what the scripture said. I'm going to read it and then close and then pick up next morning on it. Genesis chapter number three and verse 12. And man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. He said, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. But in verse number 16, unto the woman he said, who he said, God, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. I know that this is a tough note to stop on for this morning. But next morning, we're going to pick it up and, and explain that to you and uh, so that we can have a clear understanding of that. Father, thank you again for the privilege. I always say the privilege, Lord, of coming and sharing with these, your people. And thank you for your word that, that we have, that we can look into and understand what you will have us to do and when you will have us to do it. And Lord, we pray that these words that are shared every morning would be a blessing to many and would strengthen homes, dear God. And we would get back to your design, dear Lord, in regards to the family. We love you. We praise you. We lift you up and adore you. Be with the husbands that are struggling to be a husband. Oh, and loving their wives. And be with the wives that are struggling to reverence their husbands. And the children that are disobedient. Have your way now. Best guide and direct in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you go out. Have a great day in the Lord.